Dwayne Brummett here with Allie Alvarigo, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Good morning, Allie. Good to be with you, sir. Hey, good to be with you also, Dwayne. It's amazing that uh, it's a Wednesday morning again. I'm like blown away. Does time seem to be going really fast for you as well? Yeah, it does. Um, every every day, you know, the problem right now with COVID is every every day is uh, you know gelled together. It's the same day over and over again for the most part. Um, but I think we're rushing so like we want this to end so bad that you know we're just flying through it. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, you know. But I remember even during the quarantine, like it seemed like you know. Your day week would start, and then before you knew it, you're at the weekend already. And and it was like it's not that we were out busy doing things; it just seemed like time changed slightly, like our focus on time changed, right? Like that's where, you know, if you think about the old days when people didn't have too much clock, you know, didn't follow the clock; they just followed the sun, and you know, they worked until the sun started to go down and that kind of thing. And um, it, it seems like it's kind of like that. I look at it and I go like, oh my god, I can't believe it's time to shut down already. It's four, five, six o'clock, you know, and now, of course, I'm going back to my dojo to teach. So I'm like, oh, my God, it's three o'clock. I got to get ready and drive over there and, and go teach. So it's, it's a really interesting thing. It's, it's been a really weird, weird in many ways, good in many ways, um, bad in many ways, you know, like, but I mean, there's a lot of goods in there as well, you know, that I've kind of found. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. This year is. I kind of wish that I would have kept a, a oh my God, journal. You know, just wrote everything down. Yeah, that's true though, because they're like they're you know. And by the way, um, you know, journaling is a great way to express yourself and take it off, take it out of your heart and your head, and put it on the page. Sometimes to get rid of it, right? But at the same time. Uh, yeah, it's like it would have been interesting to document it from like day one. I mean, I was when this first happened, we had to go to Nicole, uh, my fiance Nicole's office, and um, the office is a huge, uh, um, a uh, law firm for trademark and copyright, and they have like sixty employees. So it was just her and I in the office, and I I did a funny video. I got to find it on my computer, but I'm like, it's day three hundred and sixty five you know, since the world has ended, you know, it's only us two on the planet. And we finally made it here to steal the rest of the food. And I'm going through offices and walking and it's quiet. It was a very eerie, weird kind of feeling. Oh, right? And, um, but, uh, but it reminded me very much of like the last man on earth type mentality, you know, like, you know, uh, Will Smith and I am legend, that kind of movie. Um, but you know, it's funny now, and I said this, I think you remember me saying this. I said, we're probably going to look back on this in five to 10 years and go, this is one of the craziest hoaxes that have been perpetrated, perpetrated on, on, uh, Americans, the society and the world. Like I, I'm now they're claiming that the CDC is saying that there's only like six or 7,000 people that died of COVID period, just COVID. They're saying that the majority of people had three overlying sicknesses like diabetes, heart disease, and something else on top of COVID. So, so this is less than the flu. The flu is more dangerous than COVID is. Yet they're still, the governments are still shutting schools down, sh- shutting businesses down. And I find it weird. Like even um, 
uh, Nicole's uh, niece is in Oneonta, and she had, um, they said there was 120 cases of COVID, brand new cases. I'm going, like, what does that mean, though? Like, you know, does that mean that 120 people tested positive and they're going to get the sniffles and be better? Or, or is it that there's 120 people that are on their deathbed? Like, it's just crazy how they build it up in the media to sound so scary. And, and by the way, this is not just me ranting on COVID, but it kind of relates to what we're going through as school owners, right? People are still nervous and afraid. Some people will not. Yeah. I mean, I just had a girl. She's, she's 14. The mom's like, uh, I try to talk. Her name is Darcy. I'm like, you know, Darcy, you got to come to class. And her mom's like, yeah, she doesn't want to come out of the house. I'm like, man, you need to push her out of the house. So she came to class the other day, and she was like, oh, that wasn't so bad. I go, what did you expect there to be, like, two-headed zombies running around spitting COVID juice on you? Like, what did you really expect? But it's the fear that these yeah. people have, and it's scary. It is. It is. Some people are uh, really scared. I mean, really yeah. scared. Yeah. You know, and I, I don't want to belittle that, but, wow, I it it's it's bad. And we're dealing yeah. with that, too. I mean, I still have um, – we did a uh, – just an analysis of our people, and we have 33 people that are still on uh, virtual oh, classes. Weird. Um, 18 of them are black belts, and then the rest are, are below black belts. Um, yeah. And, and it, it was just – it's amazing. And some of the people – some of the people are just doing it out of convenience. I absolutely know they're doing it out of convenience. I, I was just going to say that to you, that there's a few people that have gotten in this routine, and it's become comfortable for them. Um, there's a few things. You know, they could slide off the camera. They're not getting reprimanded or, or forced to work at their highest level because they're home. You, you know, they can't, you can only do what you can do online. And, and some parents are like, hey, I don't have to drive. Yeah, you go in the living room and throw some kicks. I'm, I'm happy with that. But the level of quality is never going to be the same. I mean, it's good if it's a filler. Like if they're coming one or two days a week in a live class and they're doing their third class from home because mom and dad work late, that's perfect, right? And that's what I love about Zoom. And we're probably going to keep it going. I'm still working on a much more professional camera system. Um, and I, I like it, too, that if parents don't want to sit in our lobby, they could just zoom in and they could sit in the parking lot. So when we, we're not allowing people in the lobby as of yet. Um, but when we do, if they don't feel like sitting with other people, they could watch from their car. I mean, it would be that simple. But, um, but, yeah, I do think that a lot of people are doing it out of convenience and laziness. And that's something that – that's why a lot of my clients, they've, they've made the decision to say, I don't, I'm not doing Zoom anymore. That's it. You either come in or you quit. I don't care. We're allowed to come back. You're coming back. Well, if you don't come back, then come back when you feel comfortable. But I, I'm not doing that. I like the Zoom, uh, and I want to get a two-camera system that flips back and forth. I'm still trying to figure out how to do it and have the TV permanently mounted somewhere and, uh, you know, have it like that. Yeah. So, but, um, yeah, it's scary. So, anyway, so how, how are you doing? I know we said we're going to chat about, you know, marketing and growing our schools and you, you and I chatted yesterday, off, you know, off the, out of, you know, impersonally, um, and not on the phone with anyone. And um, we just chatted about a bunch of ideas that we're doing. Do you want me to start rattling a few of what I did off that worked well? And yeah, I think it's important uh, for us to still keep our head in the game and still be advertising. Um, so yeah, I think this is in time. This is timely. This is back to school. 
you know, for yeah. everybody. And it's not the same old back to school. Cause I, I would have, I'd have 25, 30 people on normal, yeah. you know, like last year, I'm sure I had 20, 25, 30 people. I mean, every year I do a back to school right. campaign. I have that. Right. Right. So, well, back to school. And, and, and I think here's the problem. This is one major problem for school owners that I, I have to point out because uh, in their defense, I want to point school owners in their defense. I want to point this out. Number one, we've always fell into the trap of comparing season to season, right? So uh, last summer was slow, so this summer is going to be slow. Last spring is busy. Last fall is busy. Um, And we start to kind of try to fall into trends. But from my research of of working with all my clients coaching martial arts school owners, I found that seasonal stuff is really mainly because of the way we market, right? So – um, we believe it to be slow in the summer. So what do we do? We pull back on our marketing, right? So, and then it, and then the prophecy becomes totally true. I'll, I'll tell you a story. I don't know if you've ever heard of this. It's a true story. And it was, I heard it from Jay Conrad Levingston or Jay Abraham, one of those two. So there was a hot dog guy in the early eighties that he had a hot dog truck on the side of the road. And the guy made a million dollars a year selling hot dogs, right? Very smooth investor. He'd go to his accountant with all his cash and money, and he'd invest, and the accountant would say, hey, put it in this and put it in that. And one day he was reading, waiting for hot dog customers to come. He was reading his business journals, like, you know, the Wall Street Journal or whatever it was, and, you know, in business advice, and he read that there was going to be a great recession. So um, so being the guy with foresight, he said, you know what, if there's going to be a recession, I'm going to be smart about it. I'm going to pull back on things that cost me money so that when I drop in business, my overhead drops as well. So he got rid of his marketing. He got rid of his advertising. He got rid of all the things that promoted his business, you know, and he saved money. And lo and behold, the prophecy was true. What he read in the paper came true. Business dropped dramatically. And, um, you know, he was like, wow, I'm a smart businessman. His accountant even praised him for it and said, you're a smart guy. You, You knew how to follow this trend. And then he read in the paper that there was going to be a boom. So, of course, he took his money back out of the bank. He started advertising like crazy again, and bam, everyone started coming back. They were like, you know, wow, I haven't seen your flyers in a while or haven't seen your ads in the paper. I stopped coming. He's like, yeah, you know, it was a recession, and I made some choices, and lo and behold, the prophecy came true. So, But the value of the story is he followed what he thought was true, and he didn't market, and he believed it to be true because his marketing cut out. And, and, you know, and that was really, he made that reality. He didn't, he didn't go against it. And many school owners follow that trend. So, but, but now it's not the same because we're in new chartered waters. Like people are going back to school, they're hybrid school classes there. Some people are homeschooling. Parents are in a different world. So they're not going to probably just come running back and go school started back to the dojo. They're going to try to figure things out and see how things play out. Maybe the new people are holding off to see what school is like before they sign right. up. You know what I mean? So I don't know if those things are, you know, are, they ring true with you, but these are things that we have to wor- worry about. Yeah, no, I totally agree that, you know, um, we need, we need to be spending money and we need to be yeah. doing things the, even free, if there's free things you can do too. Um, yeah. But doing those things to continually advertising your school and getting, get, getting your name out there because, um, yeah, I can tell you, I can assure you that the bulk of your competition in your area are, are not doing that. They're reserving everything. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so, you know, you've you got to capitalize on that. You're going to be seen a lot easier now um, because you're going to be the only one that's doing it. 
Right. Well, I've been running Facebook ads literally almost the entire time through COVID. And there was a period of time for about two months that I stopped because it wasn't that the people who were coming in for the online training were sticking with it for more than a week and then just fizzling out. So I'm like, you know what, I'm going to just hold off, less stress, save a little bit of money and not, not advertise. But then the minute we got back into the swing of things, the very minute my ads were running, I opened on that money ad Monday, the ads were running on that Monday. And I've been getting between, I don't know, let's just say per, per week, between 6 to 12 leads per week. Um, out of the 12 leads per week, I'm going to get probably about maybe half of them that are actually going to take an action. Like people love to fill out forms but don't want to actually take the next step. I do not but understand that crap. Me neither. It's just insane. And maybe it just it's that old mentality where it seems like a good thing then. You know, like that seemed like a good idea then, but nah, not really. Mm -hmm. I don't have the money, the time, the commitment, or the, you know, wherewithal to do it. You know, so, but anyway, I've been getting leads. And then just like just last month, I signed up six new students. Um, and they're all from Facebook marketing or other campaigns that I've been running, which I'll, I'll tell you about in a second. But yeah, so people are coming in, they're doing a free month. After the free month is over, they're signing up. And by the way, I did raise my prices by 15 bucks as well per month on my most basic program. So the new people coming in are spending more money um, than I would have been charging in the past. And they're not even – it's because I'm still so so inexpensive. Um, it's it's a no-brainer. It's good. Yeah. So so anyway, another, another, so anyway, Facebook marketing is doing well. We have Gus from Lead Hunter Media, who's a sponsor of this show. Um, and again, tweaking is important. Like, you know, we have to look at our ads. Uh, here's the thing. I remember being involved with some of the marketing companies like NAPMA and Maya, and every month they'd send you a pre-made ad that was beautiful, very professionally done. The next month you'd have a new ad. The next month you'd have a new ad. And um, one of my good friends, he always runs a summer special. And um, he would get, like, in the summer, 70, 80 people. And then, um, and then at this and the summer, I'd say, why don't you continue running that ad? Just call it your fall ad. Get another 70. No, 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 that's my summer ad, he would say to me. No matter how much I tried to shake him to get him to realize, like, who cares what you call it, right? Now call it the fall ad. If it works, call it the winter ad. Like, you know, that, like, why won't you do it? He said, no, no, I only do that in the summer. I'm only going to do that. Like, I, I didn't understand. I, I still, to this day, does the same thing. So I never understood. But anyway, if an ad runs well, why do we keep changing it? Like, and, and if it doesn't run well, then maybe we need to tweak portions of the ad, but not throw the ad away. That, that old saying, throw the baby away, away with the bathwater, right? You know, you right. try a new heading, a new headline. Try, uh, if the headline seems to be working, try a new special. If that doesn't work, you know, try a new whatever. You know, and then keep the ad running to see until you find out maybe the ad is a bust. But that's why newspapers and Penny Saver and Yellow Pages would always say we need to run this for a period of time to see if it gets traction. And to some extent, they're right. The other thing is they want you to spend money. Um, but, uh, but yeah, for me, I think it's about tweaking ads and tweaking your responses and really staying on top of it. What do you think? I, well, I agree. I mean, it's in, it's important to uh, find what's you know working, and the only way that you're going to do that is if you're actually out there testing it and doing it. 
So yeah. Now you normally do like you you normally around this time of year or back to school somewhere into school you do your field trips and things like that. How's that going to work this year for you? Are you are they still like did you even start thinking about that logistically or are you like I don't even want to think about that right now? Uh, yeah. So uh, field trips are out obviously. But um, what I've done is I've contacted uh, some PE teachers that are in the different school districts and um, have asked if I can either come in or if they end up going to Zoom and not do in-person, you know, if I can, you know, be a PE teacher for a Zoom class or a few Zoom classes or whatever. So, you know, the problem is I'm not getting their contact information. You know, that's the thing. I might get somebody excited you know, so excited to do karate that they go somewhere else. Right. Yeah, and that's always been the risk that you, that you you know, by going, I, I never, listen, I, I've always heard all the number one coach guys say, you know, school system, school system, school system. You got to get into the school system. And, you know, I've never really been that ingrained and in, into the school system. Like, I've always done, you know, when they ask a gym class for the week or, you know, special person's days and visits to class. But I found that the response was very little compared to my effort, you know. And and by nature, I've always been um, a little lazy in regards to effort versus response. So, I mean, and, and to my to my success, that has been my laziness has been a good thing because I put more effort into other things. Um, so I wonder about school systems now. However, what I will point out is that schools are not, a lot of them aren't doing physical stuff. They're not doing gym class. They're not playing tag football. They're not doing anything physical. So they're they're going to ask the, the people to stay in shape on their own. So this is where we need to get the word out to all the community that if they need to have their kids exercising, they're not going to go to a gym. They're too young. And if they did have a gym for kids, that would be pretty awesome. Um, but uh, we're the place that they need to be, and, and we're going to become the answer to these families and parents from little kids, two-year-olds, all the way on up to, you know, and high schoolers, right? So so I need, I think my suggestion to the listeners is that we need to get out and reach out to those communities. Um, and how do we do that? Simply by Facebook. I, I'm involved with, like, four – the advantage I have with my name, Allie, um, is that sometimes people think it's a girl's name. And so I'm able to get in all the mom's groups. They're like, you know, mom's groups of whatever, and they see my name and they let me in. So I'm in there advertising for my, uh, you know, my dojos. But I'm out there offering them, listen, we're given a free month if anyone's interested. Or we have this program for Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts, whatever you want to do, we're given these, these specials. Um, and I'm reaching out on all the moms groups, the dads groups, the moms and dads groups, the PTA, PTO groups, all on Facebook um, to let them know that we're we're a solution to their answer. Uh, you right. know, so to that question, I mean. Yeah, I I, I wish I had the uh, wish I had the answers, man. I wish I could say, yep, we're going to do this. I got this going. This is happening. You know, all those things. <sighs> well. Well, Dwayne, I know you. You sound frustrated, and, and uh, I am frustrated. I, I sound motivated, um, but at the same time, we're both frustrated, right? Um, I just sound different than you right now on the on the call. However, as always, we have to always just put things in place, right? So it's the old ABM, you know, ABM always be marketing mindset, right? Where 
um, no matter what we're doing, we need to get our name out there, right? So this is why a lot of schools fell apart and closed because they just weren't thinking ahead. Like, and I don't mean who could have ever thought ahead and, and imagined a pandemic that would shut down businesses that's going to turn out to be way less scary than it ever was. Um, but, um, you know, but whoever, who could have ever thought that? But we should, as business owners, be thinking about things. What if, like, we should have a rainy day fund. We should have enough money put away just in case, God forbid, something happens, right? You know, we should think about, like, and I don't understand why we don't, because martial artists in general are supposed to think about, um, you know, what if scenarios. What if the guy throws a right punch? What if he throws a left right? What if he throws a kick and a right? What if he runs at me and tries to tackle me? What if he's got a baseball bat, a knife, a gun? Like, we're supposed to think in scenarios and be prepared for all of those. Um, so I'm asking the listeners now just to start thinking ahead. What if there is a shutdown and the government, even if it's not real or it's not as bad or whatever, and they just decide to quarantine again, what are we going to do? You should right. start thinking about that. Are you going to just give up at that point and say, listen, I tried it once and that's it, I'm done? Or are you going to say, okay, well, we're going, this is going to be our fallback. We're going to go right back to Zoom, um, but we're going to change the format to make it even more exciting and blah, blah, blah. Like you have to start formulating a plan in your mind to move forward. And, um, and we should be thinking of a marketing, uh, like always be marketing, ABM. Like what other things can we do? Like what's the grassroots things that we could do with little or no dollars, right? And it goes back to all the simple stuff. You know the answers. We should be hitting all of our referrals. Um, with our software, one of our sponsors on this show is Spark Membership. They have a referral platform on their app where parents could refer a friend simply right from the app. They type in their email and information and, boom, send it off to a friend with whatever our special is. So I'm in the middle of developing an automation, a series of emails and text messages to motivate my people to refer their friends on the app. So in my, just to share with all the listeners, and I have a product called the Referral of a Lifetime that I sell for like 47 bucks or 27 bucks. I forget what it is. Um, but um, it talks about all the things that I do for referrals. But anyway, so real quickly, in my school, if they, if they refer a member and that member joins for the year, I give them $50 in credit towards year or towards tuition, whatever they want it to be for. Cash, if they want a check, I'll give them a check. Um, and then if they get five people to join for the year, they actually get a free year. They get a year for free. The tuition is wiped out for the basic membership price. Not if they're in the Bells and Whistles program, they'll pay the difference between the free year of the basic membership and the difference. Um, but so my referral program is pretty lucrative, and I'm finding that a lot of parents right now are asking me how they can refer a member because their friend needs a, needs a place to go. Their friend wants to find something for their son. You know, just like we were talking about trying to find them on Facebook, these people are actually hearing it. They're in their groups of friends. They're in their cousins and relative groups, and they're telling them about their kids coming to our school. So we need to be on that. Like, we, we need to be setting up our referral program and then really deep, deeply and sincerely asking our clients to help us, right? Because I could tell you that, you know, they might think you're doing well, that you don't need their help. But if you're not and you need their help, you need to just let them know that so that they can reach out to their people and help you. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I just, you know, I, I have a problem, I think, of, of um, I don't want our students to get an idea that we're hurting, 
but maybe I maybe I need to. Maybe I need to let them know that you know, hey, look, this is this is where we're at. We need your help. Yeah. Well, I don't know if and and I understand what you're saying because you know, like they say, like no one stays on the ship when the when the captain is saying we're sinking, right? Yeah. They jump off before anybody. But if you're able to rally the troops and say, listen, if we don't fill these seven holes in the boat, we're sinking, right? So can you help me gather together the supplies and let's start plugging those holes? They're going to probably, most probably the majority of people are going to come forward and help you fill those holes. So you have to carefully word it, but it's like, you know, we want to make sure they understand that, that we're, we're a solution. And we're so also- here was my... Here, here was, I'm sorry to cut you off. Here was my okay. Uh, thought, okay? My thought was, um, and we had planned for September to be uh, National Martial Arts Appreciation Month. Okay. Now, that's not a thing. But Mr. Right. Bean, my head instructor here, made that up, and we were going to do some events this month that we can't do. I um, love it. So my thought was I'm going to educate everybody that, this is National, um, you know, Martial Arts Appreciation Month. And one way that you can show appreciation for the martial arts that you study is National to refer martial a friend, um, you know, to your martial arts school. So here's how you can right. do this. I like it. I think, though, that, um, yeah, that's a great idea. I think, though, that these type of things doesn't create, like, people – if you said, I, I want to make sure my house doesn't burn down, we have to, um, you know, clear the tree line around it, people may not clear the tree line because there's no urgency. But when the fire is burning down the, the valley coming towards you, people are going to band together because of urgency. So I think that we have to understand that we have to be careful not to look like we're going out of business because if we're not, we're, we're still surviving. We're not going to go out of business. But we also have to get them to rally behind us to help us, right? And it's important for them to understand that they have to be a part of the, the solution and they have to be a part of the synergy. So, yeah, National Appreciation Month for martial arts is great, but I still think that they have to understand that you're, you, you need them to help, especially more so than ever at this time where, you know, and, and I said it the other day, like I had a parent, you know, to say to me, you know, what's going on with your, your two locations? Because I'm doing my classes out of one location. Because to, to run two locations simultaneously cost me a fortune, right? You know, running just in my electric bill is like 650 bucks a month for the one building, another you know, 400 in the other. So I moved all my classes to my East Isaac location. And uh, people are like, well, I didn't sign up for that location. It's inconvenient. And I'm like, I understand it's inconvenient to go another 10 or 12 minutes of driving, right? I get that. And as much as I kind of make that downplay, 12 minutes to a parent who's just barely getting home to pick up their kid and rush to the school, it's easy if they can just go right around the corner and they, they set their lives up to be convenient. I get it. I'm throwing a real wrench in their in their lifestyle. And I totally understand. I'm not even belittling that in any way, but I'm trying to get them to shift mindset. But I said a few of the parents were, this is very inconvenient. I said, ask yourself this question. How inconvenient would it be if I told you we couldn't stay open anymore? We're closing the locations. Like 40 other martial arts schools in Long Island in my area did. They used COVID. Not Some of them, I know, used COVID as an excuse without affecting their ego to go, they're retiring. I knew they were going to retire. And they said, yeah, this COVID situation really put me over the edge. And 
really the reality was they just wanted a way to get out anyway, because they were. A few of them did that. And um, they, they needed to blame it on someone so their students couldn't be mad, upset, or, you know, at, at them. Um, but then there are others that legitimately just went out of business. So I said, how inconvenient would that be? So we need for everybody to band together and keep TriStar Martial Arts Long Island Ninjutsu Centers relevant and growing. We need your help. And there's 100, let's say you have 125 people, 140 people, 160 people. Those people, if they all referred one member, you'd be busting at the seams. I, see, look, I got a second-degree black belt with me. He's testing for his third degree. Uh, he's also a chiropractor in this area. He's got a friend whose kid goes to another studio. That's a whole other issue. Right. Like, you knew that your friend went yeah. here. Okay. Anyways, um, and, I, and I think they go to that other school because they know that other person somehow, some way. Anyways, yeah. apparently that other studio uh, – when COVID hit, closed the doors, still collected the money, did yeah. zero, right. zero uh, Zoom classes, did some videos and threw them up on their Facebook page and YouTube and yep. stuff like that. Yeah. And where we did Zoom classes, we did private lessons, we did uh, uh, lunchtime with Mr. Brummett on Fridays, we did uh, scavenger yeah. hunts to bingo to having you on a seminar. I had yeah, yeah. Big B a couple of times on the seminar. Uh, I mean, there was so like this second degree black belt of mine said, he goes, I just want you to know that you have done more than any other school in this area to service your clients. And I go, I, I'm, yeah. I'm very happy to hear that. I, I, I just wish, I wish our clients knew that yeah. we did far more than anybody else. Not, not as an ego thing, but as a, wow, you know, Mr. Brummett really does, uh, you know, put us first, thinks about us, yeah. wants to take care of us, you know, type thing. But how, how well, do you do well, that without looking self-serving? I'll tell you. I was just about to tell you. Here, here's, that's a great question. I have a great answer for you. Um, I just spoke about this with one of my clients yesterday. Um, so I wrote an article many, many years ago and I, when I was the consultant and head, head coach for martial art business development for Member Solutions, uh, the billing company. Um, they used to pay me a great amount of money every year just to be on the phone and do seminars and all this other stuff and so on. Um, anyway, uh, I wrote an article called Tooting Your Own Horn. And, you know, for example, we, we need to educate. So, for, for example, um, let's say you go to a pizza parlor, right, and the pizza parlor sauce is canned sauce, which a lot of them are. They literally open up a can and spread it on the pizza and throw some seasoning on it, right? Or the guy makes a homemade pasta sauce, delicious, cooks it from the start with all the ingredients. It takes hours, and they put it on the sauce. Now, you might be saying, what the heck is he talking about, pizza? I just asked a martial art question. But if they taste the difference, they'll go, oh, this is good. I like this pizza. It tastes much better. But if you add a little thing on the counter that said, all of our pizza sauce is made from scratch with love from our home or whatever, right, and whatever they're legally allowed to do, that, that's educating the client. I doubt, and there probably are going to be those call-out culture, cancel culture people that are going to go, oh, he's bragging, right? Yeah, I can't believe he's bragging about his pizza sauce, you know, that kind of thing, but the real truth of the matter is, is that we need to educate our clients. So I would do this periodically, and I would send out an email or I'd give a flyer, and it was called Did You Know? And it was called Shooting Your Own Horn 
from my article to school owners, but the article when I gave it to my clients was, did you know? Did you know that Master Brumman has been in business for how many years? Have you been in business? Uh, twenty, Almost 22. Almost. Ma- did you know that Master Brumman and TriStar Martial Arts has been in our community for almost 22 years? Wow, people like, I didn't really know that, right? And then the, the next thing would say, did you know that Master Brumman is a seventh degree black belt in, right, seventh on your, in high uh, well, I was to test. Yeah, I was supposed to test in April, but I uh, wasn't able to do it. So I'm still sick. Right, right. So, okay, so you're six. So did you know that, still quite impressive. Did you know that Master Brumman is a sixth degree black belt in the arts of blah, 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 blah. He also has ranking in this and this. And he also is a, a licensed instructor under the Cobra Self-Defense System. That's not bragging. That's education. Did you know that we've promoted nearly 300 black belts since we've opened? Did you know that, you know, we've had nearly 10,000-plus students come through these doors and train with us? Did you know that we have many families that their parents were my students or were students of this school when they were three, and now their three-year-olds are now training? This is a simple education process, right? So this is where we're able to show people what we did. Did you know that since the quarantine immediately, like I know I did, the minute the quarantine hit and we were on quarantine, that Monday, I think it was like a Friday, that Monday we had live Facebook classes, two of them, and then we were, as we were doing Facebook Lives, we were setting up our Zoom profile. I was learning how to use the software, like working day and night, like harder than I ever did with that high level of stress from COVID about, you know, where am I going to get my next toilet paper delivery? Or is there going to be a food shortage? Or is there, I'm, I'm like greasing up and oiling up all my firearms just to make sure I'm safe in case I get looters and break-ins and zombies coming. And you know what I mean? Like, but we want to let people know you got to educate them. And it's not brand. So can I put in there? Can I put in there? So did you know since COVID began that we, we that Mr. Brumman has lost uh, seventy students plus? <laughs> you could though. You could, and I know that's kind of like a might be sounds like you're you know you're joking a little bit, but no, I think you could. You could go. You know, did you know that sadly since COVID starts, seventy of our members stopped training. Right. So people go, oh, wow. I, like I. Like when I, I told people that I was, you know, moving locations and, uh, to teach at one school, some parents were like, you know, it's very inconvenient. And when I said, it, you know, it would be more inconvenient if you never had a school to go to because I had to shut my doors. They're like, oh, really? I didn't – like because they see us as such – they see me as such a stoic businessman driving up to my school in my Tesla like I'm like the ultimate in success and I have all the money in the world. But they don't realize that I could possibly be just like everyone else and go out of business. You know, it could be big hat, no cattle. You know, I'm driving a nice car, have a nice house, but I'm almost out of money. It could be that way, right? But, right. but you know, I immediately, dude, the minute, you know this, we, the minute this happened, I was immediately, before they even started with the government talking about it, I was calling my mortgage companies, my dumpster company, my anybody that would put it on a forbearance or hold the bills for a few months. And I, I literally stopped paying half of my bills, not because – I, I did it out of spite. They allowed me to stop, so I had I had a safety net. I wasn't immediately digging into my last bit of my savings, right? I was immediately right, right. building a nest egg for the future. So so this is where, you know, we need to let people know. That's, a, that's another marketing campaign, by the way, the Did You Know, which is tooting your own horn. And if people want and they listen to this, just inbox me or write it into the messaging right here. And um, I'll give you that article so you can read it. But, yeah, you should talk about, did you know that we lost nearly 70 members? Get people to understand the dire situation. We're not going out of business. 
but we took a major hit, you know, that kind of thing, you know, and we, we need for you. Did you know that you're, you could probably help us re, you know, regain footing by recommending your friends? Like, you know, just a step, maybe just 10 of them. You don't want to go on for, you know, did you know that Dwayne Brummett has a size nine shoe and he loves Nike? So if you're in the store, you want to buy a pair, you know, let's get them. You know, that kind of, you know what I mean? Like, well, you gotta, yeah. you gotta have enough for them to educate. Like, like I say to people, did you know that Shion Ali Alberigo went to Japan 17 times and was one of the highest ranking members of the organization in that, in that, at that time with the teacher? You know, he rose to that. There are a lot of things where people would that those are sound bites that we need to put in people's heads so that when people ask them a question about who we are, they can just rattle a few of them off. Right? Okay, so I gotta I gotta write a did you know. If I write a did you know, can I send it to you and you say, Yeah, that's crap or absolutely. No, that's good. Yeah, okay. absolutely do. So so that's just another another thing. So we talk about referral marketing, right? We're talking about this look who's going, you know, not not look who's going, um, or did you know thing. Um, and then another thing too, well, I, I just said something because I had a back thought. I was putting it on step uh, number three of what I was going to say, but I'll just say it now. Um, you know, look who's going boards are, um, what one thing that I use to promote events. So I think that we could do those on our website, but we should also start or even our app. Events. Yeah, in our app. We should start thinking about events though, right? We shouldn't have just thrown our hands up and said no more events because as long as you're allowed to have people, and even if they have to be socially distanced, you could still do uh, zombie Nerf War games, right? And let's say you used to charge 35 bucks, now you charge 45 or 50 <coughs> because you have less people. And parents, the ones that value what you're doing and they want a night off, which tons of them do, they're going to send their children. So you should do something as long as you can safely and um, – and make sure that the kids are engaged and don't give up on retail. Don't give up on special events. Don't give up on upgrading your members to a specialty program and so on. Agreed. Right? So, so that was my third on the list. The, the other thing that I wanted to talk about was, is old trial classes. Um, before COVID, we had tons of people in trials. Some of them were ready to convert. They were ready to join. And then COVID hit, and of course, they didn't. So it's been six months, and about a month ago when we opened, it's been seven or eight weeks since we've been reopened, seven, seven weeks, I think. Um, I then went back into my database with Spark, and I put together an automation funnel for prospects, and I took everyone who's ever tried a trial class, quit training, or – um, were in was in a trial class that did it and either didn't sign up for COVID or didn't sign up for whatever, and I sent out a mass email. And the way I said it, too, was, listen, we don't want to be a pest. Um, we would just love to know what your status is if you want to stay on our mailing list because I don't want to keep mailing to you if you're not interested. So I was able to clean my database out because I got like 20 or 30 people that said, no, we're not interested. How did you get my number? Why you text me? You know, that kind of thing. Meanwhile, they, they signed up on their own, but they forgot about it. And um, I started clearing off the database. But then I got a lot of people that said, listen, we want to come back. We, we like what you're doing. And I have a parent with two children. The one child was in the program. He was three. He's now almost four. And uh, their little brother who's two. They're both in a one-month trial. They're like two and a half to three weeks in, and I do believe that they're going to get them signed up. 
So that all came from a marketing campaign, what I would consider just lukewarm, if any, maybe even cooler leads that have not been um, spoken to in quite some time who need somewhere to go. And they're coming to me saying, right. we're in. We'll take that free month again. And I'm giving them another free month to try it out. And they're coming in. So I have about, I think I have about like six or seven of those that, that were old leads that have come back in for the trials. Um, I was going to say the uh, some siblings too, you know, maybe yeah. uh, siblings have nothing to do now because no other sports are going on and you can get them involved. Um, I do have a few siblings that, uh, and in fact, this is hilarious. I have a, a girl that was moving up from my five and six year old program because now she's seven. Mm-hmm. And her two older sisters now are doing it. Mom just came, like, out of the blue. I Mom just yeah. said, oh, we want to, now that uh, Scarlett's moving up, we want the other two in, in the class because now it's more convenient. You know? Yeah, they were all together, right? So those two just signed yeah. up. Obviously, one's free because I only sign, I, I charge for two, and then anybody else can, you know. Wow, um, that's a deal and a half. So, um, but anyways, they signed up. I just, uh, last night, no, excuse me, because today's Wednesday. I had uh, Monday night. I had a sibling is on a trial, a two week trial. Um, yeah, you know. So, that, so there that, you go. Uh, that's another opportunity is is uh, siblings. So and then maybe yeah, even so, parents too, if they're if if you can get them to get involved with the. I kids. was going to say like there are parents that probably trained. I've had a few parents that were old students of mine that trained with their children from home because they were both home together. So I said, you know, Randy, jump in and do class. And, you know, yeah, he took out all his weapons. He, you know, he took out whatever parts of the uniform that fit him still. And uh, he got out there and he's working out. And he keeps saying to me every time I see him now, I- I'm going to be signing up soon. I'm like, what are you waiting for? Like, what is the problem? Just come in. You did the two months with me. You trained with me for two months already. Don't let that momentum die. So, uh, yeah, so that's a great thing, Dwayne. Siblings. Um, people that were old prospects that never came in, never responded. Some of them that did trials that didn't sign up. Some of them that were signed up for trials but never came in. All of these people that are potential leads for you to market to, they're sitting there in your database. The worst thing they could say is, please take me off your list. I don't know who you are. I've never spoken to you before. You know, that kind of thing. Some of them just forget. Um, but, uh, yeah, you have a lot of people sitting in your database that you should be hitting. And if you have the amazing software like like we do at Spark, um, you can set up what is called an automation funnel where you send out an email. A day later, you send them a text message. Two days later, you send them a different email, and you sweeten the offer back and forth. And you can set it up for eight to ten weeks, and all you do is hit the button once, and it will start marketing to them. Um, and uh, I think that that's super, super uh, important for us to start getting out there and tapping into those people. So th- those are a few things that I think are being overlooked right now that some people have not done. So number one, referral marketing, right? Number two, um, we talked about, I, I, and I'm not even going to go in order, so remind me if I miss any. The other one that we spoke about was the uh, look who's going, not look who's going, uh, the um, uh, toot your own horn you know, the educational article about who you are and, you know, about, you know, if you lost members and you want to bring more in and so on. So the educational thing. Um, and then the third thing is referral marketing. Um, and, and the fourth thing is going to be your uh, old leads and old funnel, you know, old sales funnels. You tap into all of them. And that includes siblings and parents and so on. You have a database. You might want to start using it. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have a tendency. I'm right there with you, or maybe this isn't you. I have a tendency to be lazy, and so mm-hmm. just turn on the. Uh, you know, not that that I'm against this, but you know, all right, Gus. You know, from Lead Hunter Media, you got my you got my Facebook. Just turn it on, and let's just keep yeah. getting new people in when we yeah. should go back and revisit these other individuals that maybe did a trial and didn't sign up and it wasn't the right time or just all those things. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that that, you know, we, we can't fall into the trap of depression marketing, right? Um, that's a term that maybe we could coin where people are like, I'm, I'm so depressed. Things aren't working. Why bother? You know, I'll just do this. I'll just do what's ever easiest for me. Let me just pay that guy to do it and not do any work. And, you know, we have to look back at when we first started, like all the things that we did, you know, all the things that we, you know, how we went out there. And, you know, everybody, because it's much easier, and and by the way, we do get a lot better response nowadays because we're in an Internet era and age. Um, But there's so many other things, like, you know, you could be doing posts and um, putting those posts on the different groups, like, you know, the, the moms of your town, the PTA of your town, and offer that, you know, that's your marketing. You should try to say to yourself, I'm going to do five posts a week, or I'm going to do three posts a week on these different social media platforms to get my name out there again, to let everyone know that I'm not one of those guys that closed, you know, to let everyone know that, you know, we're, you know, that we're still open and we're, but we're, we need the community's help, that kind of thing. Yeah. So get, let's go through those those uh, that list again because I'm writing it down. Okay. So number one was um, did you know referral? What was it? Did you know? Oh yeah. Okay. So the did you know article that would be a great one. Yeah, that's definitely one to educate our clients. And that's right. over the spectrum. Could be for many different things. Did you know? Blah 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 about Dwayne Brummett, Master Brummett, and Ali Alberigo, and you know, did you know that they traveled to Japan? Did you know that there are this rank or that rank? And did you know that since COVID hit, we lost seventy-five members? You know, and that was a big hit to our school. And then explain that we're still plugging along, chugging along, but we do need help, right? And did you know that you could refer a member and get a year for free if you refer five of them? You know, things like that within like a simple little 10 or 12 bullet point article. And then you mail it, email it, hand it out in person, send it home with the kids on, on paper, you know. Um, the other thing was referral marketing, right? We have to, with if you have an app or you have, um, you know, you have uh, you know some sort of system built in, get your clients to refer you. Right now, make it easy for your clients to refer you because I guarantee you that they're, they're talking to parents and the parents are going, I don't know what I'm going to do with Johnny this year. You know, and I find it funny in my community, like we've already have like baseball camps, softball camps. They, in New York, they don't give up on these travel leagues, travel soccer, travel. Like it's a nightmare. Like I would never want to be a parent. I don't care how much my kid loved baseball driving around five days a week to different towns and sitting in the bleachers. Like I would be, I would shoot myself. I hated, I hated having to take my daughter to dance, you know, three days a week. And I'd sit in the car or I would watch a movie on my dashboard or I would walk the neighborhood. Um, But it was brutal. Or I'd drop her off, go home and cook dinner, come back and get her. It was like, I can't imagine what these poor parents go through and if they have one or two children. So, but now a lot of these things are shut down so you should be the solution. So you have to get Yeah, well, you're talking to, to you're, you're talking to a travel volleyball dad. 
So Oh, I know. I've seen the pictures. You're in, you know, you're driving like four states over and spending a fortune to do so. Hotels oh and gosh. travel and food. I, but you also took I would that have done as been able, I, I was going to say I would have done been able to pay for his college up front, you know. Well, you know what? That is the truth of scholarship. There's many, many articles written by business executives that said, I read one once that was called Chasing the Scholarship, and they said that people spend more money chasing a free program in college, and they spend more than the actual college cost, and they give up nearly half their life, you know, running around chasing the scholarship, when they could have just been staying home enjoying life and putting that money that they weren't spending into an account and paying for their college. Well, you know, some parents get caught up in it. They want their kids to be a star athlete. They want them to do best. I get that. Um, but, um, but yeah, anyway, so long story short, we have to definitely tap into the people and let them know that we need their help, and that's why our referral program is very, very important, right? And, uh, and we need them to help us. We can't just say we're doing fine because when we're doing fine, um, they're not going to go out of their way, um, you know, to, to help us, right? So we want to show that there is some urgency, um, and uh, that's in, you know, I think that that's important. Um, the next thing. Hey, let me ask I you a quick question before you before yeah. you go to the next thing. You remember my referral cards, the uh, the George with the dog. Yep. Yep. What what if I uh, what if I did a did you know? And I had it. I hired a, a voiceover to do you know like a you know it would be George's voice. Right. Yeah. And then you know introduce people to my dog George. Uh, right. Even though I don't really have a dog. Um, right. And some people listening to this aren't going to understand what I'm talking about, but you you understand what I'm talking about. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that I think that's excellent. And by the way, just so the listeners know, you used to have a referral card, an actual printed card with a picture of a dog on it, and it said something like, "My master is sad today, and he's sad because he's not really getting anybody referring the school." Something to that effect. And then if you want to make my master happy. So he comes home and he takes care of me and pets me and he's a better master. Please refer members to the school, which I thought was adorable. Oh, yeah, there you go. That's awesome. Yeah. So, you know, it says, hi, my name is George. I'm wondering if you can do me a favor. And then when you open it up, it says, uh, I'm very sad. Here's why lately my master has been coming home and not talking to me very much. Makes me sad. You see, my master is really good at what he does. Uh, in fact, some people say he's the best. I know he really listens. I know he listens good to people and solves a lot of their toughest problems. But lately, he's been kind of down in the dumps. Uh, the other day, I heard him talking on the phone, and he said that uh, his business was doing okay, but he wanted to uh, expand it. But he just didn't. He just wasn't good at all that marketing stuff. So, would you do me a favor, so that things could get back to normal around here? Would you tell some of your friends about uh, how good my master is and send some business his way? I've made a VIP pass that you can cut out and give to you, give to them. I know it'd cheer him cheer up really fast, and and he'd be grateful. Thanks, George. And then you know there's the VIP pass. You know that. That's awesome. Thing. Yeah, it's, I love it, and and I think that that's genius, and it's just another softer way to get it out there. And I think that that's awesome. And if you did that digitally through your software in a series of emails, and then you gave out the VIP passes, and then by the way. Tying the referral pass into a prize. So listen, you hand out the referral pass. If they come in, um, for a while, um, 
I was giving out $5 to every referral that came through the door. So if they referred a friend and the friend never showed up, it didn't cost me a penny other than what it cost for the card. But if their friend came through the door, I gave them a $5 credit. And, um, and the reason why I did that was I didn't want them to feel like, hey, I'm doing all this work and no one's doing it or no one, you know, sure. they're not signing up. I wanted to reward them just for the effort, and $5 seemed like a good way to do that, a gift card, a Starbucks card, whatever. Um, but, yeah, so that, that would be a great way through the referral system, and then you educate them. And, by the way, as my referral program teaches, as they get closer and closer, you have to stay on top of them. Hey, Mrs. Jones, you're, you have three referrals that join for the year. You have two more to go. Is there anyone I could call, a number you could give? Can you put them in the app? Can you send their name my way? Can you tell them to come with you? And or call me, like, and then you only have two more left, and then you get an entire year for free. And, um, you know, I also tell the kids, I'm like, hey, listen, if you want to make some good money, work out a deal with your parents and say, if I could get five of my friends to join, Mom, I'll save you a whole year's worth of tuition is if you give me $500, you know, like that kind of thing. And the parents are like, oh, that's smooth. But I'm like, and now the kids are pushing their parents to get referrals to get them so that they make money and the parents save money. So, so there's other ways to motivate, and I, so that was another one of the things is, is the referrals. The other thing I talked about, of course, was uh, leads and, uh, and, um, and doing special events. And the way we do special events is hopefully that people invite their friends and they bring their friends who are non-training students to your Nerf Wars, your, your Awesome Course Night, your Ninja Warrior Night, and then hopefully you could market to those people as well. So that's just another organic way of doing things. And then we did talk about school systems, which is your idea, and, and um, I've never had good luck with it. But you had you used to get 70, 80, 90 people, 100 people coming to your field trips to your school, and then you'd sign up, you know, 10 or 20% of those people. That's amazing, right? So that's just another thing to do. Um, the other, other thing, too, that I mentioned, which is very, very important, is that we have, um, you know, through through the – through the school systems is to then tap into all the groups that are on Facebook, PTA, PTO, Parent Teacher Association, Parent Teacher Organization, moms of your town, you know, dads of your town, moms and dads of your town together, like whatever's on there, you could do a quick search on, um, easily do it on, um, on like Facebook search and you could, you could say moms of whatever and do it that way. So I don't know. I'm watching our video on Facebook, and it went dead, it seems, for a second. But now it seems and appears to then have to be back up. All the groups that are on. Huh. So, okay. So yeah, it looks fine it to me. Like, yeah, that's good. Yeah, I had that happen to me the other day, and people said, no, no, never. Everything is fine. So, But anyway, so, yeah, okay. I, I think that we need to tap into all those free organic um, no-cost marketing that we've just given up on, that we've gotten lazy on, that we're not out there. And then the last and final big hit that I'll throw out there that I think that we haven't done is to set up some sort of succinct, organized marketing campaign to your old prospects, old students, people who tried trials that didn't come, people who signed up for trials that didn't, that didn't come in for it, the ones that did come in but didn't sign up, the ones that were on your COVID online program that didn't sign up people that were on there that maybe, you know, did the class for three weeks, but it just wasn't for them. It was hard to focus their kids. And rightfully so. You know why it was so hard to focus those kids? Because they didn't have the discipline of the dojo first. 
So those are kids that didn't know how to focus, period. And that if they would have brought their kids to our school, they would have said, can you teach them how to focus? Now they're right. throwing them in front of a screen. And, um, you know, we're, a, we're nervous. We don't want to yell at them. We don't want to put them in their place. We don't want to keep them and be too stern because we don't want to lose them. But um, they just weren't doing well on Zoom. So I think that that – and parents didn't give them the best tools. They put them on a little iPhone that's sitting on a counter that oh, has fallen over. And, like, they didn't really make the effort, which just blows me away with people these days. Like, I just – there's no effort. It's like uh, class is starting, and the, the kid's in the camera, and they're putting just his e-top over his pajama pants and shirt. Like, give me a break. Like, take 10 minutes of your life to prepare the kid. You know, okay, we're going to get in our oh, uniform. I'm going to do your hair and get you ready. Your belt is going to be sharp, and you're waiting for sensing. You're not – we're not waiting for you. Like, but but – People just all self-discipline went out to the out the window. It was crazy. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they had the self-discipline prior to it. That's the thing. In the and the self-hygiene, the self-care, the respectability of you know right. the, the, their presentation of themselves. Last night I had some people. I'm like I'm thinking to myself, how can you even like let your kid out of the house looking like that? Like, what yeah. parent lets their kid just look like that? Right. Well, you know, it's interesting. It's uh, it's where people – where our, a lot of where our uh, society is heading. That's the problem. It, it, it is. And you know what's interesting? You, you shuffle around in your pajama pants with your slippers in, in Walmart, and it's just well, – Oh, my gosh. It's so horrible. Did you, did, did I, I refuse to go to Walmart. Yeah, I, I don't blame you. I think it's like the worst of the worst. Do you remember oh. – um, do you watch Seinfeld at all? I didn't. I mean, I've seen it. Well, well there was one episode on Seinfeld where who, – I forget who it was. Kramer or George is in sweatpants, you know, T-shirt and sweatshirt and sweatpants. And Jerry goes, you've come out of the house like that? And he's like, yeah, you know, this is the – you know, he's like, you literally just told the world that you've given up. Like, you don't want the, – the basic <laughs> most – he goes, the basic most form that – you need to show is that you made a little effort into brushing your hair and your teeth and your clothes. Like I need to, I, I mean, I need to find that clip. Oh yeah. It's so hysterical. And, and by the way, um, that comes and stems from the book that you and I have both read called make your bed. Make your bed. And um, yeah. I, my daughter's asleep right now. She has college courses. So she's been working hard. So she's going to sleep in her course doesn't start until noon. Um, but uh, she got to a point where she'd wake up and her room was a pigsty. I'm like, you have to make your bed. So now she wakes up, she's making her bed because she knows, one, that I want it to be done that way. And two, she's getting in the habit of making her bed. Um, and uh, I think that, that she's 21 years old, so if she was into college, you know, I'm sure she could do whatever she wanted. But I think she would organize her room because she had a roommate. Um, you know, so anyway, we start off with an easy task like that, and then we build upon it throughout the day. Just like, by the way, you and I are both wearing a blue shirt again, which I find to be just I, – I have a blue and I got, black I got, sleeve. But I got blue pants. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually in jeans myself. So, I, I uh, you know, we're kind of – it's kind of weird. It's funny how we pick similar colors on and without any idea. Um, but, uh, yeah, so f to leave people with that, those are like five or six or seven things that we talked about that I think are home runs for people if they listen to this. And they might say, yeah, yeah, I'm doing it. Yeah, you know, that's, you know, and, but really, are you? That's the question. The one question I'll leave you with is really, are you really doing it? Or are you just kind of ticking the box? Or are you out there really chasing after these things? Like referrals. 
they've always been the lifeblood of my school. They, I've always gotten 20 to 30 to 40 referrals a year that's signed up on a yearly program. And you're looking at if their tuition is, let's just say, you, let's just say simply you get 20 referrals a year and they sign up on, on a yearly program. That's 20, 20 people times, let's say, you charge uh, 1500 a year. That's $30,000 in, in income that is coming out of your existing clientele. Isn't that worth tapping into? I mean, don't you think that that program should be probably one of your most important programs? Yeah. I think so. I think that that would be incredible. So, like, and, so, and, and right, how about this? Okay, I, I didn't want to I'm, cut you off. I'm ready. I, I, no, no, I, 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 re, I was ready to listen. All right, so is, is knowing doing or is doing knowing? Are you asking me that question philosophically? No, it's a rhetorical question. Is I mean, knowing doing not, or is doing knowing? knowing? No, knowing is not doing. Doing is knowing. Right, right, yes. Yeah, you're totally right, 100%. I think that there are many people who know. They know how to get in shape. They know how to lose weight. They know how to, you know, make money. They know how to blah, 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 right? And just because you know it, and there are a lot of people who are I-knowers, right? They're like, I know that. I, I've done that before. And, and so many school owners, and I know we're running overtime, um, so many school owners know too much for their own good. Like, and I'll give you one quick Quick, fast scenario. When I went to teach in Australia and speak at the Martial Arts Super Show of Australia, um, I went down there and I was amazed by the lack of knowledge. So people were, and it was, it was funny because I thought I was rich, right? Because people were buying my kits and programs. They were like, how much is that? That's 800 Australian? I'm like, okay. And they were throwing money down. I went back to my hotel room. I had a stack of money on the bed, right? And then I realized that the the money that I was charging was not equal to the money that Australia. So they were like paying a third. They were like buying it because it was a third the price of what it would have been if I sold it in the United States. So I screwed up there. I should have known the transfer of money. But it was interesting at how all the Australian schools at that time, they didn't have all this new uh, United States business programs. So I thought like, hey, I could teach you all this stuff. And then I'd say, how many members do you have? And they'd go, I have 450 members, 550 members, 600 members. They were so good at the, the few things that they knew, and they worked it to death that they had all of these people versus people in the United States who knew everything about knowing and, did, and didn't do anything about it and only had 50 members, 100 members. But they knew it more than the Australian guys. They had many more things in their toolbox but they just never got down to it. Like the people in Australia were killing it, killing it. And I was like blown away. And then, um, you know, that, that to me was a big lesson is focusing on things that work and staying on those hard on those versus doing 40 different things and none of them working. So that's what I'll leave with that thought. Yeah. It, I don't know the analogy, but it's like, When someone knows, when someone is working hard and things are happening, sometimes one of the worst things you can do is educating, educate them on why it's working. Right. Because then they might stop doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you think about yeah. when, 
we first started, like we worked hard. We beat the bushes. We did all of the right things and we did all the wrong things. And we didn't, uh, we didn't go, uh, you know, we weren't pissed off at either one of them. No, and, and you know what it was. Now, everyone in this modern day and age, modern age is that they want to do Facebook marketing. Why? Because you, you work out putting an ad out, and then you hit go, and then it works for itself. But it doesn't always work all the time unless you're putting the work in. However, people love to tick the box, check, I, I'm doing Facebook marketing, check, I put, you know, I got this done. I, you know, and then they want to sit back and reap the rewards. If it were that easy, dude everyone would be a billionaire. Like I just heard, you know, Kylie Jenna is the richest young female, the most richest, youngest female billionaire in, in the world. Now, some people are putting her down. They're saying, oh, yeah, she came from money. I'm like, she didn't come from billions. Her entire family's net worth is not a billion dollars, right? So, right. Um, you know, she made this herself as a young entrepreneur, makeup lines, jewelry lines, clothing lines, you know, acting, blah, 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 blah. But people want to cancel her and discredit her because she came from a rich family. It's like same with Donald Trump, and I'm not being political, but, um, oh, yeah, he made all his money. He borrowed a million dollars from his dad. Well, okay, but he turned that million into a billion. That's a million million, right? So he, uh, he didn't do it because his dad made him rich. He, didn't, he wasn't the heir to some oil refinery, and he became a billionaire just because he was born. I mean, people work hard. I even get mad when people say, oh, celebrities or – uh, football players or NBA players don't deserve the money they're paid. I'm like, listen, these dudes are the best of the best. If you see a team of 30 players, they're 30 of the best players in the world. Even if they're the worst player on the team, they're better than 150, 200, 300, 500 other players that didn't make it. So they, whatever they're making, even if it's inflated, they deserve it because they're the best of their craft. Just like Elon Musk is one of the richest men on the planet. And, and, and he struggled making money and staying afloat and going in and out of business his entire life. And now he's finally, all of the things are kicking into gear. So, um, like, listen, I think I heard that Elon Musk is even richer than the guy uh, uh, Zuckerberg now. Um, oh, really? You know, which is kind of interesting, but it's all, like, tenacity. If people know and read Elon Musk's story from Tesla, I mean, that guy is like a – he's like – a workaholic. He, all he does is work, 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 work. I mean, it's from day to night, and he sleeps and, and comes up with ideas and invents. I'm going to go to Mars now. Like, it's crazy, you know, visionary. So, anyway, um, let's hope our school owners like this call. And um, if you do, please comment. Uh, remember, if you comment, it helps others see it. If you just thumb up it, it's not going to really give us the same algorithm credibility that Facebook wants. So even if you say, this call sucks, that's going to help us. You know, if you say, great call, good info, at the end of the call, just pop that in the, the bar, in the box. And also, if you're interested in my article called Toot Your Own Horn, um, just write it here. Say, I'm interested in the Toot Your Own Horn article, and I'll send you a copy of it. Just tell me, and I'll inbox you, okay? So uh, did you want to do anything else? We had So by the way, our sponsors, Spark Members Software, um, Lead Hunter Media for Marketing, uh, Elite Insights for Website Design, and your uh, health coaching. What's the name of the health coaching company? Yeah, it's uh, Optavia. Optavia. So, and, and they can reach out to you, right, Dwayne, and talk to you because yeah. about health and wellness and health coaching and diet and nutrition. And you lost how many pounds? You're up to 40-something pounds? I lost 40 pounds, yeah. I And I, I've, I've actually had a few uh, uh, 
people reach out because they've heard heard this on you know heard heard me talk about this. So yeah, and you know what's interesting, martial artists, you know where we kill ourselves our whole lives to stay in shape, but then we become teachers and we teach more than we train. So we end up getting a little sedentary or we slow down and our body starts catching up. Our metabolism doesn't, doesn't keep going. It slows down as well. And we end up getting out of, out of shape or well, we get in a little bit worse shape. So you've been working with, and I know I have a friend that he does Optavia and on, on Long Island and he lost 85 pounds. He literally lost the weight plus of almost a, a son, his young child, twice his weight. And I saw pictures of him with his pants. And I remember he's always been, an, he's still an amazing and always was a great martial artist. He just, the weight got a hold of him. So he took a picture with holding his pants and his son is in the pants with him. So, I mean, it's a great program. And, um, yeah, contact you about that because health is all we have, dude. That's it. If, if you're carrying around an extra 20 pounds, just imagine, go and get a 20-pound weight, put it in your backpack, and carry that around all day long and see how you feel at the end of the day. And take that backpack off and feel how good you feel. Now, imagine if you did that with your body weight and you took 20 pounds off your joints, on your hips, on your, you know, you're not, you, imagine how much more energy you would have. And if you have more energy, yeah, you funny. burn more calories. It's funny because uh, I remember Zig Ziglar talking about in one of his speeches, he said, this, yeah, this lady, uh, you know, goes up to the butcher and, and asks if she has a 40-pound turkey. You know, if the butcher has a 40-pound or 50-pound, whatever it was. And uh, and he said, no. He said, but uh, I got, I got you know, two 25-pounders, you know. And he's like, why do you need a 50-pound turkey? And she goes, well, I just lost 50 pounds, and I'd like to see what it all looks like in one place. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> That's funny. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. All right, dude. I'll talk to you soon. All right, uh, school owners, keep your head up. Uh, hope this call helps. And Allie, thanks for your encouragement. All right, dude. I'll talk to you later. Have a great day. Bye, everybody. You too, Sayonara. Bye.